Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will empty. Hey, Andrew. Hello there, Edwin. Psalm 16. I'm loving it. Yeah, it's going great. I, it was one of my favorites on Monday. I love it even more today. It's fantastic. Let's let's go on with it. I'm going to be reading from the New American Standard Bible today, the 1995 update edition, Psalm 16. Preserve me, O God, for I take refuge in you. I said to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good besides you. As for the saints who are in the earth, they are the majestic ones in whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those who have bartered for another God will be multiplied. I shall not pour out their drink offerings of blood, nor will I take their names upon my lips. The Lord is the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You support my lot. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Indeed, my heritage is beautiful to me. I will bless the Lord who has counseled me. Indeed, my mind instructs me in the night. I have set the Lord continually before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will dwell securely, for you will not abandon my soul to Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to undergo decay. You will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand there are pleasures forever. I shall not be shaken, or as the New King James says, I shall not be moved. Yeah, in verse 8, the ESV also says, I shall not be shaken because he is at my right hand. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So here's something fascinating about that. I'm glad that you brought that verse up. Okay. I don't know, but as we've been walking through the Psalms over these weeks, our discussions, I, I may have already said this in a previous conversation, my view of the Psalms is somewhat shifting. Um, not not completely. I think we do need to recognize that each psalm is its own literary unit. I can study each psalm as its own literary unit. So I don't I don't have to understand Psalm 15 to understand Psalm 16. Sure. Now, sure. I, don't, I don't have to understand Psalm 17 to understand Psalm 16. Yet, as we've been going, and I've mentioned this again and again, I'm picking up story. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's you know it's like these little snippets from various places in David's life or in Psalmist's life. The various snapshots are are coming along to present a story of what life with the Lord is like. Mm-hmm. And what I find over and over again is is these connections. We noticed it as we went really from Psalm 1 to Psalm 12 or around that idea of a rise until we finally got to Psalm 12 when he arose. Mm-hmm. Now, we'll see that that request again. In fact, sure. I think in Psalm 17 we see it. Uh, so we'll, we'll see that again next time. But but it, it certainly, to me, presented this story. I'm almost seeing it like it's the first episode in a series or the first season in a series. Now we're, now we're in the second season of the Psalms. I'm not sure. But the reason I'm bringing all this up is because... Psalm 16 here, this point that you just brought up, I will not be shaken. Uh-huh. If I've just read Psalm 15, I, all we, of us... Which we did. Which I did. Yeah. All of a sudden I think, wait, 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 wait. I've, I've heard that before. Mm-hmm. What, what did Psalm 15 say about I will not be moved or who will not be moved? Yeah, verse 5. That's where that psalm ends. Psalm 15, 5. He who does these things shall never be moved. And then here, Psalm 16, 11, at your right hand are pleasures, or excuse me, verse 8, mm-hmm. uh, he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. So, okay, 
Now I'm thinking through all that we said about Psalm 15 last week, and Psalm 15 was a little bit of a roller coaster because on the surface it presents this idea of here are these goals about all the things that I need to do in order to be right with God so that I won't be moved. But we then we had that dip in the roller coaster as we kept remembering, but I haven't done this. I'm not this. Where does that leave me? But it led us on the, the ultimate high of realizing there is one who is the true ultimate he who did all these things. And that one is Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so here we've got Jesus, who is our Savior, who actually did all these things, who will not be moved Mm -hmm. as as I'm reading through Psalm 15. And now I've come into Psalm 16. And what is David's declaration about what keeps him from being moved? I have the Lord at my right hand. Mm -hmm. What, What really keeps me from being moved is being anchored in the one who shall not be moved. I love that. I, I picked up on this time the talking about the, the right hands, right? So mm. in 16 and verse 8, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. But then in verse 11, at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And it's like, as I'm going through life now and the Lord is at my right hand, I'll not be moved. And then in eternity, when I'm at his right hand, there is the fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. What a I love this powerful. communion with the Lord and, yes. and this close fellowship being at the right hand. Uh, and, yeah, the right hand, we find that through the Psalms in, in so many places. And the, the fact is, that, isn't that a, a position of power and trust? Isn't that what the whole right hand metaphor is about? Absolutely, especially when we're talking about kings. At the mm-hmm. right hand of mm-hmm. the king, Jesus, of course, is at the right hand of God, and David as the king. And th- this is a powerful thing. With David writing this as the king of Israel, mm-hmm. there's, this, there's this picture of he is at my right hand. Mm-hmm. Okay, because he is at my right hand. And that's not just, hey, because he's by my side. That's not just because I'm holding his hand. Because he is at my right hand. The the person at the right hand of the king mm-hmm. was an advisor, was a counselor. Uh, okay, let me make one of my favorite references, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, you, you it remember, is one of your favorites. Yes, it is. We've been doing this a little while. You remember Grimma Wormtongue? In Lord of the Rings, especially in the Two Towers. Yes. He was at the right hand. Now, I would have known the evil wizard, uh, but that's probably not specific enough. <laughs> but I, I know. <laughs> but but since you give him a name, I will agree with you. Grimma Wordtongue, who, who was not Wormtongue, who was not actually the evil wizard. That was Saruman. Yes. Grimma that was Wormtongue. the guy in the white robe who was also bad. Yes, it was. But and Grimma, he had a staff. He did. <laughs> Grimma was at the right hand of the king, mm-hmm. and he was feeding him counsel. He was feeding yeah, him And the lies. king was like blind by this counsel, right? He absolutely was. And so that picture, if you've seen that movie, you recognize that the, the counselor at the king's right hand has a lot of impact over the kingdom, has a lot of impact over the king. And when you have a counselor like Grimma Wormtongue, it is awful. It destroys the king. It cripples him. It it guts the nation the name worm king worm tongue seems to suggest it was only evil deathly kind of advice coming Absolutely. out of his mouth yeah that's what was going on yeah. but what david has is yahweh mm. the lord mm-hmm. is at my right hand the lord is my counselor the lord is the one that's telling me how to run this kingdom and because that is what's happening i will not be moved 
I will not be shaken. And that's what I need to think about my life. Absolutely. I, I, one of the metaphors that, that I think about in, in, in living my life and conducting my work is this idea of whose kingdom am I building? Mm-hmm. Am I building my kingdom or am I building the Lord's kingdom? Mm-hmm. And what I need is to have the Lord at my right hand, my counsel, my advisor, my direction, my instruction is Jesus Christ the Lord. And and when that is who is at my right hand, I will not be moved. Tying this together with Psalm 15, it's it's a beautiful picture. Again, I just, just walking through this, at Psalm 15, we were on that up and down roller coaster of, I, I've got a problem. I, I am going to be shaken and moved because I haven't done this. But the one who has done it, who himself will not be shaken and moved, when I give my allegiance to him, Mm -hmm. when I turn my life over to him, when I live this life as if he is the one living it, Galatians 2.20, living by faith in the one who loved me and gave himself for me, the one who will not be shaken, who will not be moved, who is the bedrock upon which I can build my life. When I do that, that's when I am not moved Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. he accomplished all that. Mm-hmm. And so Psalm 15 and verse 2 said, He who walks uprightly and works righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart, he who does not backbite with his tongue nor does evil to his neighbor, nor does he take up a reproach against his friend, in whose eyes a vile person is despised, but he honors those who fear the Lord. He who swears to his own hurt and does not change. He who does not put out his money at usury, nor does he take a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things shall never be moved. When we tie this together with what we saw and what we see, what we are seeing, I should say, in Psalm 16 and verse 8, it helps us as we go back to Psalm 15. Because uh, for me, you know, kind of at the end of, of working through what Psalm 15 said, there's there's this part that might say, well, I can forget about Psalm 15 as instruction for how I'm supposed to live because I've blown it and it's about Jesus. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to worry about it. Except now that I see this business about Jesus being at my right hand, the Lord being at my right hand, I realize that, wait, no, no, I'm listening to his counsel. So even though I falter and I struggle and I fumble at it, Psalm 15 was his counsel. Yeah, there's the counsel. And and so that is what I am pursuing. I'm not giving up on it saying, oh, it's not me, it's Jesus. It doesn't matter how I live. It's Jesus. Jesus lived this perfectly. It's okay. I'm saying I, I'm going to follow his counsel. But but what provides the bedrock for me is not how well I followed that counsel. It's the fact that I am hanging on to the one who actually did that perfectly. I'm hanging on to him. He is the rock. I think about the Sermon on the Mount. When Jesus got done with that sermon, his final vignette in that sermon was everyone who hears these words of mine and does them mm-hmm. will be like the wise man who built his house upon the rock. The rock. The rains fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it did not fall mm-hmm. because it is founded on the rock. Yeah. Who's yeah. the rock? Yeah. The Lord Jesus Christ is our rock. Yeah. I look at this uh, as well and uh, along the th- thought of the instruction that comes from the Lord. Uh, in verse 7, the way the New King James reads of Psalm 16, My heart also instructs me in the night seasons, which is an interesting phrase. But I take from that a meditation upon the counsels of the Lord, that we must be reminding ourselves of these things and concentrating upon them. 
Well, his heart instructs him because his heart is full of the Lord. His heart is focused on the Lord. His his heart has been trained by this allegiance to the counsel of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And all, all of this ties together to, to, to things that we've said and, and learned throughout the week because this idea of the Lord being at his right hand, why he is even doing this, is based on verses 5 and 6. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. That language, here's something interesting. That language is in the background of the tribe of Levi. The beautiful inheritance? Yes. Okay. And, and the fact that the Lord is his inheritance. Oh, yes, that's right. That's right. So the, uh, in fact, so much so that there are some people that think that this was a psalm, uh, a miktem to David or dedicated to David rather than one written by him and that it would have been written by a Levite because mm. the, the Levites are the ones who would have said this. Okay. But I... Th- I think it's from David, and I think what David is highlighting is that, yes, with Levi, who did not have a land inheritance, right? who did not have lines and landmarks plotted out to them, but rather had the Lord as their inheritance, had the service at the tabernacle and then the temple. Yeah, and those cities their of refuge spread out throughout all the land. And they had their cities in, in the various parts of the land, which actually puts them in a very scary place, because what if the people quit giving their tithes? And what well, if the people decide you don't get to live in our land anymore? You say what if like that didn't happen a lot. <laughs> but you, you read the Old Testament and it happened a lot. It did. It did. And that led to all kinds of terrible, awful things. But and as a Levite, did. you can say, wait a minute, my inheritance stinks. Mm. They got land. Yeah. They got cattle. They got crops. I got nothing. No, no, you got the Lord. And here's a person that has realized that the Lord is the greatest inheritance. Yeah. And so he says, I have the Lord at my right hand because his, he is the greatest inheritance. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really, I think it's written by David rather than a Levite because I think what David is, it is, is admitting is that the Levites are an example, but really everybody's inheritance is the Lord. Because All of God's ev- people. Yeah. Because everybody's inheritance comes from the Lord. Mm-hmm. How am I taken care of? I am taken care of by the Lord. Now, some people are taken care of because God gave them land. Some people are taken care of because he gave others land who will take care of them. But the blessing comes from the Lord. And what is the greatest blessing? It's the Lord. So I put him at my right hand. Mm-hmm. I listen to him. I heed him. I do what he says. I conduct my life by faith in him. It's as if he's living this life. And that's a beautiful, wonderful thing. I will not be shaken. Absolutely it is. Absolutely it is. And I'm excited about tomorrow's podcast because we're going to be looking at the overtly messianic portions of Psalm 16. Mm. Super excited about that. Hope that you will join us. We'd love to know what you're reading and and appreciate all your feedback to the podcast. Send us an email, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org. Let's pray. Our great God and Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you because in this life where there is so much shifting, uh, where there are winds blowing us to and fro, where there is great, great uncertainty uh, about so many things, Father, you are certain, you are sure, you are the rock. And we know, Father, that if we are with you, we will not be moved. Amen. I pray, Father, that we might be on a path this day that is seeking out your counsel and honoring it by obedience. Father, that you are at our right hand so that we might be at your right hand forever. By your grace and through the gospel of Jesus Christ, in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. 
Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day. Well.